Hey there, I am Dr. Jerry Crete, and this is Be With The Word, episode 70. This is the fifth Sunday of Lent. Uh, if you haven't listened to the readings and my meditation, go over to Hear The Word, and there I will read it to you. We're really looking at creating a new heart it is the sort of focus of the meditation. I also give a little bit of uh, explanation of the differences between Christian, both East and West Christian, meditation and non-christian especially eastern meditation so if you want to hear a little bit about that and do the meditation and get to know these readings go on over there <laughs> all right i'm going to get into these readings i'm going to do a little bit quickly today i'm ah, i've had a busy day ahead of me i have a full practice uh, but i enjoy doing these little reflections and meditations and hopefully you'll get something out of them and if you do Go on over to soulsandhearts.com, check out all of our other offerings, and we've got communities and other podcasts and courses and blogs and stuff. All right, this is really cool. <clears throat> As I was saying already on Hear the Word, we do get this message quite clear in these words of Jesus, of not Jesus here, this is from Jeremiah, so God, but, you know, Jesus essentially, but God basically saying, I will... Uh, place a new heart in you that i will be your god and you shall be my people i will forgive your evil doing and remember your sin no more and so here we just get the power of god's relationship with us and what's interesting here and to me is coming from a, a attachment theory perspective uh, as a mental health professional, many of us are familiar with attachment theory, and it's the idea that we need a firm foundation of security and safety as little children, as babies, essentially. And then as we grow, we want to be able to foster that kind of safe haven with, first of all, our parents, and then others, eventually, if we're married, uh, ideally with our spouse, right? And very, very good friends, do we have a sense of safety and security and here in jeremiah we have god himself saying i'm creating safety and security with you right even if you've sinned i want a relationship with you right so there's this establishment of safety and i'm going to cut to the chase though because what's powerful here right is in the gospel um if we go to john he he is basically telling people first he says essentially i'm the son of son of man and so the, any jews listening to this are going to understand that to mean the son of man is the powerful son the powerful king who is given a dominion and who has come to restore he's going to be kind of savage he's going to take down the enemies and he is going to restore a kingdom where there's going to be peace and prosperity. So mentioning the son of man to the Jews at this time who are under Roman occupation means someone powerful is going to come. And if he's going to be glorified, as it says here, the son of man will be glorified. Whoa, that means power, right? That means a restoration of a kingdom. We're going to be... Um, we're going to be uh, saved uh, from our foes and it's going to be a war, but then we're going to be on top. So initially they're here talking, they're like, yeah, awesome. But then what does he end up doing? 
he ends up saying that the glorification is his crucifixion. And then he says you have to lose your life to get it. <laughs> so for the Jews, uh, or anybody listening, it's, it's perplexing. So what is it that he means by that? Because essentially we're being challenged here when we hear this because we're being challenged to give up our safety and our security. And I know if by safety and security for me as a person, North American uh, Catholic with, uh, you know, who's of a certain age now, children still have one in college, but children are getting older. My security is my 401k or my RSPs. Like my security is my, my bank account and my pensions and my home and my safety is to have a world that is generally politically stable right so you challenge those things it creates insecurity so the very idea that christ is saying to us you're going to have to give up your selfishness your attachments and your security that is a hard message to hear that's a hard message for me to hear. I can, I get a little bit stuck there because I know that I want safety and security. I have a strong desire to uh, age in relative comfort, right? And I wanna be able to travel and I wanna be able to give things to my kids and grandkids. And that's important to me. So I'm challenged, I'll be honest, I'm challenged by this reading. Right? Because he's basically saying you have to give up your life to have it. So, wow, that's powerful. He does, we do get a few other possible clues in terms of how we might want to live our lives. He, he does say um, only by death comes life, essentially. So that means, you know, we may die. We may be a martyr, right? And, of course, there's certain martyrs or, or, or you know, whatever. I think it's called red martyrs or whatnot by blood. The church basically was founded on martyrs and their powerful testimony. But he also says only by spending, uh, spending your life do we retain it. So we get the sense of we have to let go of our selfishness. But we also know that through service comes greatness. And I want to add with service, I think love. And so a life where we're less focused on our own security and our own just meeting our own immediate needs but is actually concerned about meeting and helping others means we're we are actually going to be more connected and our lives are actually going to have more meaning and be richer we can pray and hope that we won't actually die because of our service um, or our actions we're not trying to die but we do realize that we risk something when we put ourselves out there we risk something we get into our car and drive away right so what he's calling us to i think is to be active and connect with others and so when i hear that like i'm a bit of an introvert myself so i could be quite happy to live in my little hobbit hole if you're watching on youtube my hobbit hole is right behind me this is my basement man cavey room and uh you know, I could just sit down here and read books and write stuff and 
you know, and, and not communicate with many people. I like to have a few friends, but I am pretty comfortable uh, by myself. <laughs> but that's not what the gospel is calling me to. And it's probably not actually good for me. So even though I don't want to, there are things I have to do to give my life away. And by giving my life away, that might be doing acts of service, helping others, connecting with others, you know, getting outside of myself. And usually, almost always, I don't regret that. In fact, usually when I put myself out there like that, I feel renewed, I see more meaning, I have more connection in my life. So if you're an introvert and you're listening, I know it's hard, but I think we're being called to that. But let's connect up the two readings a little bit, the first and the third. So in the first, God is establishing safety and security with us. In the third, Jesus is saying, you're going to have to die. And it might be real literal, but, but for most of us, I think it's metaphorical in some way that we're going to have to give up something. But we're going to have to die in order to have life. Okay, so here's my thought from a mental health perspective. If you never have a sense of safety and security as a child, you're not going to be, you're going to be insecure your whole life. So it's important that that is established. And so God, if that doesn't happen or if we need it, God, God gives it. We hear that in Jeremiah. So God gives us our sense of safety and security. And it's from that place of safety and security that we can then actually give ourselves because we're trusting in him. We're trusting that the gift we've already received is going to be there for us when we need it, even if it's in the next life. And so we're not, this is why Jesus is not calling us into a state of insecure attachment or insecurity where we're meant to be anxious or worried or withdrawn right he's not actually calling us to that he's saying you have a safety and security and from that place you can take risks and you can get out there and you can give of yourself and it will be okay and in the end it will actually be more than okay you will be glorified Right. So powerful, powerful stuff. Uh, I, I'm thinking. Um, all right. A couple of other little points before I wrap this up. We're keeping our uh, be with the words a little shorter these days because we're doing I'm doing two. Um, I think it's interesting that um, the message in Hebrews, because I didn't mention Hebrews at all. But the message there is that Jesus learned through some kind of experience or suffering. And that's really interesting because Christologically we're like, wow, he learned is sort of interesting. Um, and with a little bit of research, I, I found that the Greeks understood a connection between learning and suffering, right? We tend to think of suffering as something just simply to be avoided. That wasn't always the case. In fact, there's a proverb, um, I'm not sure if I'll say his name right, uh, Aeschylus, Aeschylus, uh called suffering a savage, savage grace 
from the gods. He was an ancient Greek person. And, and there's an Irish proverb also I thought was interesting. We learn in suffering what we teach in song. And so this, this is so fascinating to me that suffering is actually a powerful learning. So we connect that to the gospel. The, the giving of our lives has meaning. The death, whether it's an actual death, martyr death, but more likely a, a, a metaphorical death of some kind, um, actually has meaning and brings greater life. There is a proverb, uh, a rabbi proverb, that said three, there's three kinds of prayer, each one better than the last. Praying, crying, and tears. And then prayer happens in silence. Crying is with a raised voice. And tears overcomes all things. I was really moved when I read that. So there's a difference between, uh, I think, despair, right? And this, these, this kind of crying and this kind of tears. There's something in our losses. There's something in our um, suffering. There's something in our brokenness, our heart being broken, that actually bring something out of us that allows where tears are allowed tears flow and we are changed that's a hard lesson right sometimes that involves forgiving someone sometimes that involves forgiving ourselves sometimes that involves letting go of something really really hard stuff but powerful powerful and christ himself does this and when it says that he's perfect, he becomes perfect, it means, especially in the Greek way of understanding perfection, is that the thing does what it's supposed to, or does what it's supposed to perfectly, uh, what it was designed to do. It doesn't necessarily imply, even for us, like we're perfect in every aspect of every way, every aspect of our lives. It, it implies more that we are perfect when we, we do the thing we were meant to do. And Christ was perfect in that he, in his death, in his crucifixion, in the work of salvation. That's what he was designed to do. And he had to suffer in Gethsemane to prepare himself to get to the place to do his work. And so we also may need to do that too. It's just a bit of a process. All right. Good stuff. I hope you enjoyed that. I got something out of this reflection, uh, suffering such an important topic, but a difficult one. Um, and uh, we can all be transformed. And I didn't say anything about the, the psalm, but I read it. I read the version from my Melkite prayer book on Hear the Word, because I just think the words there are more powerful. But it's this, again, this message that God creates in us a clean heart, and he wipes away, wipes us, wipes our sin away and makes us white as snow. All right, and so let's invite him again during this Lent season to clean up, clean our hearts, wipe us white as snow. He doesn't hold our transgressions against us. And in fact, as he says in Jeremiah, you know, um, I will be your God. You will be my people. I will forgive your evil doing and remember your sin no more. Until next time, be still. Thank you. 
see you over on soulsandhearts.com. Bye.